0: Welcome in. It is another special edition of What's Right with Nick Wright as we count down the 50 greatest players of the last 50 years in the NBA. Now, last week's was controversial. We knew it would be because last week's was where I had my one almost, I don't know, cheat code inclusion, Luka Doncic. That is so, this list will age well. I understand Luca is not accomplished enough to be 20th. He hasn't technically accomplished enough to be on the top 50. But sometimes when you know, you know. And I'm telling you right now, if people were making a list of the greatest composers in world history, and someone was like, hey, there's this kid named Beethoven, I think he should be on it. They're like, hey, he's only done one symphony. If so you put him on the list, you'd feel good about it. So that's the Luca part of it. However, now we're to the top 18, and every single person on this top 18 not only clearly deserves to be there, but what you are going to see is when you hear who we get to, and they're all NBA teams, and they're MVP finishes, and their all-time rankings as far as scoring or rebounding, whatever it is, you're going to realize as great as a player such as Chris Paul was, as great as David Robinson was, guys who were just outside of this top 18, This 18 are head and shoulders statistically better than everyone else on this list with the possible exception of James Harden. James Harden's the only one who has a statistical resume, all NBA's MVP finishes, similar to these guys, but Harden obviously has such a non-existent great playoff resume that he can't be included here. If he had just one singularly great playoff run, he would have been. But so 18, 17, 16 will be today's episode. Oddly enough, they are all power forwards, so you probably know who the three guys are already, but what order will they be in? Number 18, and it pains me to put him here. I'd love for him to be higher. He's one of my favorite people in sports. He was one of my favorite players to watch, but 18th is as high as I could put him. Number 18. Charles Barkley. So Barkley had five times was first-team All-NBA, five times second-team All-NBA, one-time third-team All-NBA. When it comes to MVPs, he was a one-time MVP, and eight times he finished in the top six. Eight times. He was a top top six MVP finisher, and he won a rebounding title, if you care about that, never did win a scoring title. Obviously, he was the best player on one finalist, and what you will see about Charles, when you talk about some of the best players in sports history to never win a ring, is Charles' excuse, if you will, for never winning a ring? It's not much of an excuse. We'll get to that momentarily, but before we get to, you know, when he came closest to winning rings, let's just go through the postseason resume. As a rookie, a rookie in the playoffs, had a 23-11 and 11 in an Eastern Conference Finals game versus the 85 Celtics, again, as a rookie. That entire playoff run, he averaged 15-11 and 11 for his Sixers team that went all the way to the Conference Finals. Again, that's as a rookie. 1986, his second year, in the second round of the Eastern Conference Playoffs, he had a 31, 26, and 6. Again, 31 points, 20 rebounds, 6 assists, 6 steals in game 1 of the second round of the playoffs in his second year. In game 4 of that series, he had a 37, 14, and 9. He would lose in 7 by 1 point to Milwaukee. Remember, earlier in the list, we talked about Sidney Moncrief and those underrated Bucks teams of the 80s. He averaged 28, 15, and 4 for that series as a second-year player. 1987, played Milwaukee again, this time in round one, lost in round one, but averaged 25 and 13. 1989, played Ewing and the Knicks, averaged 27, 12, and 5, but again lost in round one. And now this is Barkley's window, 90 to 95. The end of his time with Philly and his the beginning of his time with Phoenix. And without spoiling anything here, here's what you need to know. In those 90 to 95, that's six seasons, five of those years he made the playoffs. All five years, Charles Barkley lost to one of two people in the playoffs. Michael Jordan or Hakeem Olajuwon. So why doesn't Barkley have a ring? Well, he kept running into Michael Jordan or Hakeem Olajuwon. So let's go through it. 1990, game one of the playoffs, throws up a 38 and 21 to start the playoffs. Averaged 26, 14, and four in round one to get out of round one for the first time since year two, 1986, that we talked about. Round two against Jordan's Bulls. Put up a 30 and 20 in game one. Put up a 34, 20, and 8 in game three, but they lost the series, of course. Then the next year he played Michael Jordan, lost to Michael Jordan again, and then shortly thereafter went to Phoenix. Phoenix, there's spoiler alert, this is gonna end with him losing to Michael Jordan. But how did he get there? All right. The Western Conference Finals. For Charles Barkley, 1993, wins league MVP. It's his best chance to win a title. He's never been to a finals. In fact, he's never been to a game six of a conference finals. So what does Barkley do? Against Seattle, Peyton and Kemp in the Western Conference Finals. With the series tied two games apiece in game five, throws up a 43-point, 15-rebound, 10-assist game. Again, critical game five of the series to get up in the series a game away from the NBA Finals puts up a 43, 15, and 10. And then in game seven has flatly one of the greatest playoff games anyone has ever played. By game score, I think Basketball Reference might have its game score as top two playoff game ever. If you go back and watch it, it's remarkable. When I was doing the research for this list and I went back and watched what I could find of this game on YouTube, I had Barkley's number from a night of drinking at the NBA Finals years prior. I'd never texted him. I texted him just to tell him how amazed I was with the performance. I was again, I was a little I was 8 years old when he did this. Game 7 to get to his first and what would be his only NBA Finals against Seattle 44 points, 24 rebounds to get to the finals. So what does he do in the finals? In game two, puts up a 42 and 13 in a game they would lose by three. In game four, puts up a 32, 12, and 10 in a game they would lose by six. Averaged for the playoff run to the finals, 27 points, 14 rebounds, four assists. For the finals, basically the same. 27 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists. Now, he also is the one that kind of lost Paxson on the shot that won the title. That's going to always, you know, bounce around in his head. But that's what he did. So, that's 93's first year in Phoenix. Wins league MVP. Gets to the finals. Is unbelievable on the run to the finals. Is very good in the finals. Loses to Jordan in what I think was Jordan's finest finals performance ever. That series against the Suns. The next year... Starts the playoffs off with a 36.19 rebound, 7-assist, 4-steal game. Averaged for the first round of that, of that playoffs. Averaged 37-13-6, and six, including a 56.14 rebound, 4-assist game. But then in round two, he plays Akeem Olajuwon and they lose in seven. The next year, another remarkable round one putting up a 34-14-3 average. But then in round two, they lost to Akeem Olajuwon in seven again. Despite the fact, by the way, in that series, he had a 47-12. And And then if we're being honest, it was kind of over for him then. Shortly thereafter, he went and joined Akeem's team. His body started breaking down. He had one more great playoff game the rest of his career. In 1999, against Shaq and Kobe had a 30.23 rebound five assist game in the only game Houston won in that series and that was kind of it for Chuck so we he kept running into Jordan and Dream the two greatest players of the 90s by a wide margin those two guys and he couldn't get through them so that's why Charles Barkley is where he is 18th on the list we have a caller that wants to chime in on the Chuckster go right ahead Hey, it's John Gonzalez, host of the Sports Illustrated Weekly Podcast here, and lifelong Sixers fan. As a native Philadelphian, of course I think Charles Barkley should be higher, than number 18 on the list. I'm not supposed to reveal who's at 17, but I will say I'm preemptively upset by it. Of course Charles Barkley should be higher than him, not just because he was a better basketball player, but because of the cultural figure that he is. And was then and still remains. So his outsized influence all over the place should have him higher. Anyway, the whole thing is terrible. It's absolutely more terrible than my Charles Barkley ex. I'm so sorry. That was awful. But so is your list. All right. Well, that last part. My list is not awful, John. I apologize. We disagree about 17 versus 18. That was the worst Charles Barkley impersonation I've ever heard. So why do I have Barkley 18 and the person John is talking about at 17? Well... We'll discuss that next because the guy at 17 has the regular season resume that everyone knows it's good. I don't think people know quite how good it is. What do you do with a guy who was good but not great in the postseason but in the regular season has an argument he was one of the three greatest players ever? That's number 17. We'll do him next. Are you ready to take control of your health and conquer your weight loss goals? Look no further than Factor, your ultimate solution to better eating. Each Factor meal is always fresh, chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. No more waiting around or spending hours in the kitchen. Just heat and eat. It's that simple. Over 35 different options to choose from each week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor ensures you'll never get bored. With more than 60 add ons to help you stay full and feeling good all day long pancakes, smoothies, and more. With Factor, there's no prepping, no cooking, and certainly no cleanup needed. The best part? You can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Sign up and save because we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Eat better, feel better, and conquer your day with Factor. So what are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com/nickright50 and use code NICKWRIGHT50 to get 50% off. That's code NICKWRIGHT50 at Factormeals.com slash Wright 50 to get 50% off. Fuel up, eat better, and achieve greatness. Get started today. All right, welcome back in. What's right with Nick Wright? 50 greatest players of the last 50 years in the NBA as we continue our countdown and we get to truly the most legendary players in the history of the league. Number 18 was Charles Barkley. Number 17 is a player whose postseason resume, one could argue, is not quite as good as Barkley's. But his regular season resume is truly not only unimpeachable, but it's hard to make an argument that anyone other than LeBron and Kareem clearly have a better totality of regular season work than this player. You probably know who he is. Number 17, Carl Malone. So, the mailman, 11-time first-team All-NBA that is tied for the second-most ever. Two-time second-team, one-time third-team, which make gives him the fit, tied for the fifth-most All-NBA teams ever. He's a two-time MVP with nine years of top five MVP finisher. Nine years, he was a top five MVP finisher. When we started making this list, he was the second all-time leading scorer. LeBron has since passed him. He is now the third all-time leading scorer. He's the seventh all-time leading rebounder. He has the second most minutes of all time. He has a career average of 25 and 10. He's the only player of the last 50 years to have a career average of 25 and 10 other than Joel Embiid, and Embiid has the benefit of not having that end-of-his-career part of it drag him down like most guys do. He has 17 seasons of averaging at least 20 points per game. That's tied for the second most of all time. So, again, he's the number three all-time leading scorer, number seven all-time leading rebounder, number two all-time in minutes, top five uh, in all-NBA teams, his second-most first-team all-NBAs ever, The only 25 and 10 guy of the last 50 years is 17 years averaging at least 20 points per game. So why is he only 17th? Well, it's not because the postseason resume is non-existent, but the postseason resume is not nearly what the regular season resume is. So let's go through the good with a little bit of the bad mixed in. 1988 averaged 32 and 12 for his first career series win and then averaged 29 and 12 in a 7 game loss to the Lakers who'd go on to win the title including in game 7 31 15 and 4. So again, young Carl Malone game 7 against a Lakers team that would go on to win the title 31 15 and 4. Then a couple years without much in the playoffs then 1991 had a 38 13 and 4 to beat Phoenix in round 1 and then had a 40 and 16 in a game two loss in round two to Drexler and the Blazers, they would lose that series in five. Nineteen ninety two, he gets to his first career Western Conference Finals. How does he get there? By eliminating Kemp and Payton in Seattle with a thirty seven and thirteen, and then in ninety two uh, against Portland in the Western Conference Finals, had a thirty eight and fourteen in a critical game five series, tied two games apiece. But they lost in overtime. They would go on to lose the series, and he wasn't great in the final game. 1994, Western Conference Semis, Game 7 against Dikembe. 31 points, 14 rebounds, 6 assists to get back to the Western Conference Finals but lost to Akeem in those Western Conference Finals and then lost to Akeem again in round one next year. This is why Akeem's going to be so high on this list. If you notice from the Barkley segment, it's like, what happened to Barkley? Why didn't he make more the finals? Oh, he lost to Akeem. What happened to Malone? Oh, he lost to Akeem. 1996, though, for Carl Malone. Facing elimination in the Western Conference Finals against Seattle in game six. 32 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 4 steals. But then in game seven... Wasn't great, and he still hadn't been to a finals. Now we're a decade into his career. 1997, this is going to be Malone's moment. He won league MVP that year. It was controversial. A lot of people thought Jordan should have won it. Jordan should have won it. But Malone won league MVP. It's his first league MVP. He's playing Shaq in round two. Has a 42-9, and nine, followed by a 32-20 and 20 in games four and five, and they beat Shaq in five, Utah did. Had a 37-10 in game three against the Bulls, down 0-2. And for the series, averaged 24, 10, and 4. Not bad, but he was always efficient in his careers, only 44% in those finals. The Bulls win in six. It's another majestic Jordan, you know, performance and Jordan moment, the flu game and all that. And he loses in six to Michael, but 24, 10, and 4, not that bad. Night, 98. Gets Akeem in round one, has a 31 and 15 against Akeem. Akeem at this point, now Akeem was older, but is on the downside. Malone again had just one league MVP, almost won it again. 31 and 15 to beat Akeem in round one. In round in round three against Shaq and Kobe, he had a 30 average. Pardon me, 30 11 and 5 to sweep Shaq and Kobe out, sweep them out in the Western Conference Finals. Then in the finals. They fall down 3-1. What does he do in Game 5? 39 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists. And then in Game 6, the box score looks good. 31 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, but we all know the story there. Bulls down 3. MJ hits two free throws. Bulls down 1. Carl Malone has the ball in the right box. MJ comes around the baseline, strips it from him, goes down, hits the jump shot. Stockton misses a desperation 3. And the Bulls win the series. Bulls win the title. So he averaged for that series, more than respectable. Twenty-five point eleven rebound, four assists. This time on fifty percent shooting, but not quite enough. Then, in '99, he's is the league MVP. In round two, game six, facing er, round two and game six, he has eight points, and his team goes home. In 2000, starts the playoffs off. Carmelo Malone, not dead yet. 50-12 and 12 to start the playoffs off against Seattle. But they don't go very far. He then eventually signs with the Lakers in 04. In 04, to his credit, he did have a 30-point uh, playoff game. But he got hurt late in the playoffs. It's one of the reasons the Lakers got blown off the court against Detroit. Then his career was over. So, he doesn't have a lot of singularly great postseason moments. However, 54 times... He scored 30 in a playoff game. That's the ninth most all-time. 154 times. He scored 20 in a playoff game. That's the 5th most all-time. He is 7th all-time in playoff minutes, playoff points, and playoff rebounds. So, uh, it's something there is some compiling there. I understand that. And he was not. No one's going to argue he was a great playoff performer. He got a little worse come the postseason. But in the regular season, the resume is unimpeachable. That's how he becomes the 17th greatest player of the last 50 years, Carl Malone. Here is a caller who has a Carl Malone question or comment. John Stockton, when it came to the Utah Jazz and the Stockton-Malone combo, was the more important of the two. I'm just saying. That means that you've got John Stockton as a top 15 player. No, Rick, you know I don't have John Stockton in the top 16. We had John Stockton in the top 25, we had John Stockton 24th, which is not, not at all anything to sneeze at. But Rick's the first person I've ever heard make the argument Stockton was better than Malone. I've literally never heard someone make that argument. Again, Carl Malone 11 times was first team All-NBA. John Stockton two times was first team All-NBA. Carl Malone had nine top five MVP finishes. John Stockton had zero top five MVP finishes. So listen, I understand Stockton, all-time leader in assists, all-time leader in steals. It's why he's in the top 25. But no, no, no. Stockton's not better than Malone. Nobody actually thought Stockton was better than Malone. I can't believe Rick actually thought that. I love Rick Buecher. Rick is one of my favorite things to say about colleagues of mine who I disagree with a lot. Rick Buecher, great guy, bad takes. This might be the worst non-LeBron Rick Buecher take I've heard. Other than that, I appreciate him contributing to the show. Number 16, one more power forward. This one with a ring. He's next. All right, welcome back in. What's right with Nick Wright as we continue our special edition. The 50 greatest players of the last 50 years. Next week, we'll be into the top 15. I can't believe we've already come that far. Number 18 we just listed today was Charles Barkley. Number 17 we listed today was Carl Malone. Number 16 plays the same position. However, he has one thing those two men don't have, and he got it under the most difficult of circumstances. And this shows you how much a ring can do for you because, to be candid, he certainly doesn't have the regular season resume of Carl Malone, and he does not he's probably a little shy of the regular season resume of Charles Barkley. But that one postseason run was brilliant enough. Plus, he's got a pretty damn good regular season resume. Number 16 the third greatest foreign born player as of today in NBA history. Number 16, Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk, four-time first team All-NBA, five-time second team All-NBA, three-time third team All-NBA. He won an MVP and three times he finished in the top three of MVP voting. He was a 50-40-90 guy. And this is something I don't think many people know. He, He is the sixth all-time leading scorer in NBA history. Again, the number six all-time leading scorer in NBA history is one Dirk Nowitzki, and it gets forgotten to some, but it matters when I say he doesn't have the regular season resume of Malone. That's fair. Malone's third of Barkley. Maybe I shouldn't have said it of Barkley. Barkley's got more regular top five MVP finishes. However, Dirk had one playoff disaster. I think MVP voters then held against him. We'll get to that, but he of course more than made up for it So let's talk postseason. He obviously, you know was a finals MVP and a champion But he also was the best player on another finalist Let's not forget about the 06 finals where D after being up 2-0 D Wade with a little bit of help from the refs took that title from him, but Dirk carried Two Mavericks teams that did not have anything close to another superstar to the finals, won the title one time. We'll get to that eventually. He came into the league 19 years old, so it took him a couple years to make the playoffs. So when he did, 22 years old, first series of his playoff career, he had back-to-back 33-point games against the guy we just talked about, Carl Malone. He also, facing elimination in 01 against Tim Duncan and David Robinson. Dirk Nowitzki, 22 years old, had 42 points, 18 rebounds, 2 assists, and 6 blocks. Pretty good for a 22-year-old. The next year, faces Kevin Garnett. And I think a lot of my colleagues would have Garnett ahead of Dirk on the all-time rankings. I don't. It's close, but I don't. The next year, played Kevin Garnett, averaged 33-16 and to sweep KG. Including 39 and 17 to close him out. Then next year, 03 now, again Dirk's hadn't turned 25 yet. 46 and 10 to start the playoffs. 42 and 10 to go up 3-0 in round one. Now he did lose the next three. It was almost a total disaster. But then in game seven, 31 and 11, and then game seven, the very next round against Chris Webber and the Kings. 30-19 Thirty and nineteen in game seven to make his first ever Western Conference Finals. Let and this is an important moment for Dirk. Dirk's still young. It's his third playoff run ever. He carries a Mavs team to the Western Conference Finals and in the Western Conference Finals in game one, has thirty eight and fifteen in game one, but then he got hurt in game three, and that was a wrap for them. Now they're done. Goodbye. Good night. You're out of there. Spurs end up obviously winning the series. They also end up winning the title that year. Could the Mavs, if Dirk doesn't get hurt, do they win that title? Do those Mavs beat the Nets of 03? Of course they do. But he didn't get the opportunity. He got hurt. 06, round one, playing Memphis. Averages 31 and 8 and sweeps them. Game seven, Western Conference semis, an iconic Dirk Nowitzki moment. He's 37-15 and 15 in an overtime win against Duncan. But more importantly, that's the and one, the Ginobili foul to force overtime. Down three, 21 seconds left in regulation. Dirk drives, gets fouled, makes the layup. It, it makes the free throw, obviously. Goes to overtime, gets to the conference finals. In the conference finals in 06, series tied two games apiece. 50-12. and 12. Again, let me say that again. He had 50 and 12 to go up 3 2 on the Suns in the Western Conference Finals. 23 and 11 average in the finals. So in the finals, the numbers go down a bit, no doubt about it. But you're up against Shaq and D Wade. He averaged 23 and 11. And let's not forget about those finals games three, five, and six. They lost by a combined, combined six points. And in game three, Dirk had 30.7 rebounds. Game six, he had 29 points, 15 rebounds, but they lose. At that point, it's like, okay, so Dirk in 03 probably wins the title, but he got hurt. In 06, had some iconic moments the 50 and 12 against Nash and Amari and the Suns, the and one in the game Game seven against the uh, Spurs. You lose in the finals, so be it. Then 07. They're the one seed, and what he wins league MVP, and what happens? They lose in round one to the We Believe Warriors. He had a bad series, averaged less than 20 points per game, and that's when it was, oh, soft Euro. Dirt can't get it done. The next year, plays Chris Paul with his best Hornets team. Averages 27-12-4, but loses in round one. The next year... Plays round, gets to round two for the first time in a few years. Plays Denver. That's the best Carmelo Denver year. Averages 34, 12, and 4 in the series. Has 44 and 13 in their only win of the series. They lose in five, and it's like, oh boy, like Dirk's not getting back to the finals. 2010, plays the Spurs in round one three times in that series. He scored at least 33. But they lose in round one. And then 2011, the critical run. 2011 playoff run, he has 33, 11, and 4 to close out Portland in round one. In round two, he sweeps the two-time defending champion Lakers and Kobe and far outplayed Kobe. Again, that's not some old tired Lakers team. They just won back-to-back titles. Dirk swept them out and played better than Kobe in that series. And then the Western Conference Finals against, again, they're young, but KD, Russ, Harden. Game one of those Western Conference Finals, he plays one of the greatest playoff games anyone's ever played. He had 48 points on 15 shots. Dirk Nowitzki had 48 points on 12 of 15 from the field in game one of that series, he, in game 3 of that series, he had another 40-point game. He averaged 32 a game to get back to the finals. So round 1, you play Portland. Okay, that's not some great Portland team. Round 2, you sweep the two-time defending champs. Round 3, you outplay Durant. You have no other stars on your team. You get to the it's a young Durant, but still Durant, Ross Harden. You get to the finals. In the finals, who's waiting for you? LeBron. Wait. Bosh. And that's all that story is told as it's LeBron's meltdown and that did happen. But Dirk still had to take it from him. Averaged 26 and 10 in those finals. Uh and for the playoff run, averaged 28 and 8. On he was 1% away from a 50 45 95 for the playoff run. For the playoff run, he his shooting splits were 49% from the field. 46 percent from three, 95 percent from the line and then the next year he's swept by OKC in round one The obviously the thunder team that went to the finals uh he averages 27 and six for the series and then that was about it for him but he was amazing in the postseason early. then after they made the finals after 006 before 11, that seven to 10 run it's not that he was terrible except for the one year in 007. 070 was bad, 8-9-10, it just lost to better teams. And then back to the finals, one of the most important, impressive rings ever. That gets you number 16 on the list, Dirk Nowitzki. Let's go to a caller. Hey Nick, Megan O'Levy here, UFC broadcaster and Spurs basketball fan. But the fact that I'm a Spurs fan has nothing to do with my opinion that Dirk on your list is way too high. I mean, yes, he has a ring. Yes, great offensive player, but some of those playoff collapses, how about losing to the number eight seed Warriors, and the defense, uh, I don't know, questionable, so if he's this high on your list, I'm telling you, Tim Duncan better be top five. Okay, well, I'm not going to reveal where Tim Duncan is, but it Tim Duncan being around the top five is not outrageous at all. Listen, Dirk was not better than Duncan, no one would argue Dirk was better than Duncan. But when you say some of those playoff collapses, it's really just one. It's just one true playoff collapse. Again, 3 would have won the title if he doesn't get hurt. You can't tell me differently. And that was, he was outplaying Tim Duncan in that series until he got hurt. 6 gets to the finals. Tough confluence of events with the officiating and D-Wade having one of the greatest four-game stretches in NBA history. Then takes his lumps in 7 Again, no superstars. No top 75, well, Jason Kidd top 75 guy on the 11 team, but he wasn't, t- he wasn't in his top 75 form when he did it. He was a good player, but not a great player. And Dirk carries him to a ring. Sixth all-time leading scorer, won an MVP, a few other top three MVP finishes. Unreal playoff run and some great playoff numbers. Dirk Nowitzki, your 16th best player of the last 50 years. Next week, we will get into... The player who I believe to be disrespected by history and disrespected by modern analytics more than any other player in NBA history. He'll lead off our list as we get into the top 15 next week on the 50 greatest players of the last 50 years on What's Right with Nick Wright.